Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Roly-poly podcast. What antiques are we talking about this week? Butter pats. You know what a butter pat is? Nope. You'll never guess, but it is a... (laughs) It is a plate for butter. Great. They're also called butter pat plates, butter plates, butters, or butter chips. They are made specifically to hold a pat of butter, which could be as simple as just a little slice off a stick, or as complicated and unnecessarily elegant as an individually shaped dollop of butter. Meant to be served, ideally with bread, at a dinner. This is where it gets its name because the process of shaping butter is called patting it, and also the paddles used to shape the butter are called- everything is a pat, um, when it comes to butter, apparently. They are generally three to four inches across and flat or with minimal edge fluting. They are not very deep, as they are meant to contain butter. And they are often mistaken for doll plates, coasters, and ashtrays. In fact, um, butter pats entered my life because I kind of unthinkingly had bought a whole set to feed my hedgehog. I see. I ate off of fine transferware china, and it occurred to me that there was no reason he should be afforded the same luxury. In your defense, Quequel absolutely deserved it. It made dinner time way cuter, absolutely. But yeah, I when I picked them up, I had just grabbed them and I was like, oh, these aren't very expensive at all. So I got like five of them and I laughed to myself at what a little gentleman he would look like. <laughs> and it didn't occur to me for nine on eight years later that they were a whole ass antique with their own story. I would argue they never fulfilled their true purpose until they were used as hedgehog dining ware. <laughs> like, let me tell you, if you have a small pet... You have to get at least one and do a little photo shoot of them having whatever appropriate treat they can have because, God, I love doing that. It is so cute. It's so cute. Um, I still use them to give treats to the cats, of course. I have uh, one or two of the more robust ones set aside for when I adopt hermit crabs again. Like, you owe it to yourself. Because let's be honest, you're probably not going to use it for butter. Although you could. You could, but why would you when you could use it to give your animals a special little treat? A beautiful little treat. You got a toy dog? Come on now. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, they are associated very heavily and were very popular through the 1850s through the 1920s. And obviously are kind of associated with the excessive dinner parties, hosting and feasting that you kind of think of when you think of the Victorian and Edwardian eras. To a lesser extent, the 1920s, when dinner parties would give way to regular parties, but... And, true to form, they were often made in patterns to match an entire dinner set. You know, the the ever, the ongoing joke about how the Victorians had a specific plate, dish, and utensil for literally everything? Yep. Yeah, they're not beating the allegations. (laughs) And these actually, um, I can tell you with some confidence that the appropriate placement of a butter pat is in front of your hedgehog. Is right in front of your hedgehog and ideally stuffed full of mealworms and baby food. Yes. For the hedgehog, not me. (laughs) Let me make that very clear. Your mealworms go on a regular size plate. Yeah, my mealworms go- Oh, I don't even put them on a plate. Those those suckers don't even make it that far. I'm Those are popping right <laughs> in the old mouthy. <laughs> if you were wondering where- But I'm a fancy lad, and where does this fit on a formal dinner set? Is it to the left of my butter fork? That's not a thing. I made that up. Well, don't you fret your little ass off, because the butter pat is actually meant to go above the left side utensils, right across from the whatever array of drinking glasses you have, which will be above the plate to the right. And it will have a small butter knife laid across it for when the bread is served. She's serving bread, hunty. Oh, it's it's giving butter. (laughs) 
I've done some pretty excessive things. I can't stop thinking about the amount of time you would have to spend paddling your butter into individual rosettes for your guests. Well, the amount of time the scullery maid you'd hired to do that would have to spend patting butter into individual little roses. Yeah, sorry, the implied you there was the scullery maid who would be doing it. Like, I just, I, I feel foolish selling golf balls all day. I can't imagine if my whole day was spent making little butter flowers to put on a specific little tiny tray just for the butter that I didn't have to collect and wash the butter off of in like three hours. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Although they were very popular through the Victorian era, Edwardian era, so on and so forth, they actually continued to be used through the 1950s and 60s, although they shifted specifically towards uh, what you might think of utilitarian services like restaurants, railroads, and even early cruise ships. Hot day. We call this restaurant wear casually, as the plates that are generally used in your not-so-fancy restaurant are made, like, really thick and heavy so that there's less of a chance of them breaking. They can handle a little more wear and tear and being thrown across the kitchen. Durable, some might call them. Very durable. Which makes them very desirable to collectors today. Very true. And even more desirable if they have, for example, a railroad dinner car logo printed on it, which some of them do, and it's super fun. Alongside kind of like the pleasure yachts you could get a ticket to go aboard kind of vibe. So a cruise ship. It's basically a cruise ship, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're rarer than the railroad ones, but every now and again you can find one with like a boat and its uh, regalia printed on it. And that's just so fucking exciting. I just like being able to eat on my transit, you know? Not the plane, though. That sucks. How much for a Titanic butter, Pat? Holy shit. God, I mean, I think that's crazy that you mention it. There was just recently a Titanic menu that got auctioned off to the tune of, I think, like $40,000. Have you looked at what the dinner service for the Titanic was? Because reading down the list, it sounds pretty fucking delicious, not gonna lie. It looks so good, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That was like a, a crazy synchronicity. I was just thinking like, oh, I wonder if Kevin seen this auction. No, but the odds are pretty good I was thinking about the Titanic anyway. Are you a Titanic duder? I've become one for being a boat guy. Oh, okay. That's fair, that's fair. It's kind of unavoidable once you get into enough 19th century and early 20th century shipwrecks. Yeah, I see, I was thinking entirely how, like, you know, some guys just either have, like, a Rome or an Egypt period. I feel like there is, like, a Titanic thing that guys can get into. And by guys, we mean James Cameron. And by guys, I mean specifically Mr. James Cameron. He was really dedicated to that, so, you know. If he could live in that wreck, he would. You know it. He would absolutely set up a little villa in there. Or maybe not. I think he respects it, too. Too much. So if I had to take a wild guess, if one came up to auction from the Titanic, that would definitely be like sixty to seventy thousand dollars. Valid. Now, one of the really fun things about Butter Pats, uh, in addition to the fact that a lot of them were made with entire dinner service sets, obviously those are not every single family had those. You could get individual Butter Pats with their own little unique prints, patterns, and logos on them. What this translates to is that there are really a lot of fucking butter pats out there. Like, a lot of them. And almost no one knows what they are. Everyone assumes they're doll plates. Which, to be fair, they do look a lot like doll plates. And if you don't know just how insane everyone was about butter for entirely too many years, you wouldn't naturally assume, oh, this must be butter's special plate for special butter. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily think this is butter's special seat at the table. Yeah. Uh, I, I can totally see where that mistake gets made. I find that doll plates tend to have actually a little more attention to detail, although this gets iffier when it's like a saucer for a rather large doll tea set. Like, a doll plate usually has, like, the dip in the middle that a proper dinner plate will have, which a butter pat simply does not have. Perish the thought. <laughs> 
There has been confusion here and there about salesman samples of dining sets for like their patterns and butter pads. I, I don't know that that's ever going to be solved. <laughs> If you don't have, like, the catalog or the paperwork that goes with the salesman sample, then I'm sorry, there's no telling two three-inch plates apart. <laughs> like, if you're butter crazy and you're, like, crazy about butter, which that's the same thing. If you would like to live deliciously. Yeah, if you would like to have the taste of butter. Here's the thing. We need to bring butter mania back. Aren't the youth doing butter boards? I thought we already did this. We're so close, but I want hand-paddled butter, right? Like, I want the kids to get obsessed with, like, their own, like, they're making the butter. I want kids to paddle the butter into romantic shapes to give as gifts at weddings. I want a return to dishware that is specifically for showing off that you have butter to share. I think that's what a butter board is. But the butter board needs to be accompanied by butter pats. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I want full madness. Okay. Complete deep saturation. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was immediately reminded of the time my boyfriend forgot to put out a butterboard I'd made for him and his guests, and then he just ate the butterboard himself over the weekend. Wow. Yeah, quote unquote, <laughs> forgot to put out the butter for everyone else. More butter for me, don't mind if I do. It, it was like an herbed butter, like garlic confit butter, and I like handmade some bread, and he was like, oh yeah, it just didn't get put out, you know, we were so busy. Uh... <laughs> Quote unquote forgot. So much butter. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame the man. No, it was really good. You better believe I made one for myself. But don't despair. There are some things you can keep in mind to help you identify butter pats from other items and even from each other. Now, while a butter pat is not necessarily always ironstone or porcelain, they can be silver or glass, however rare that might be. The one thing to remember is that they are always going to be bigger than a cup plate. For more on that, check out our cup plates episode. Please do. Cup plates are significantly smaller. Cup plates tend to be fluted a lot deeper. Now, I'm not saying you could use a cup plate to put butter on. I'm not here to police your life, but it's not a cup plate. I mean, that's not a butter pat. It is a cup plate. Oh my god. See, this is where all the confusion comes from. Now, many of them do have a back stamp, especially larger companies, higher quality. And if you want specifically to collect much older butter pats, they tend to have a nice, heavy, chunky look. It was far more common for the older items to be made in ironstone, which, as the name suggests, is heavy and are very frequently seen with marks like Johnson Brothers, J&G Meekin, and T&R Butte. Now, this can be a little confusing because newer butter pats, which, as I said before, are referred to as restaurant ware, because almost all of them are used in some form of restaurant or food service, they are also nice and thick and chunky. But they tend to be unmarked, have simple designs, and if they are stamped, it is very likely to say Syracuse, Buffalo, or Shenango Potteries. In terms of value, the higher values do tend to belong to those big, chunky old ones. Oh, the old ones, the deep ones, the unfathomable ones? The deep ones. Yeah, the butter pats that when you look at them, you kind of lose your mind. The butter pats where you can't quite discern what exactly color they are, but you know that you can taste it. Yeah. And it tastes like the lost memories of your grandmother's attic. Yeah, yeah. And your nose starts bleeding. Yeah, who hasn't had that experience, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> The older butter pads that tend to be chunky ironstone will run you about 15 to $20. Now, I love an antique where the upper end is $20. This is similar for square butter pads, which are almost always older, 
squares are, uh, I would say, half as common as the typical circular, and costs do go up for really unusual shapes, going from 20 to 25 for something like an ace, a spade, a heart, other card suits. A non-Euclidean. A non-Euclidean, a little MC Escher type stairway butter pat. Of course, value goes way, way, way up for a sterling silver butter pat, and I hate to imagine the kind of person that would commission that item in the first place. Now, the most common butter pat you're going to run into is the thin, floral, and generally unmarked butter pat. These were made more for mass consumption of the middle class, and while they do tend to be pretty, they don't have the same heft and hand feel. They feel more like your typical tea and saucer cup type of porcelain. Because they're so common, these will get you five to ten bucks, depending on how pretty they are. Although I've seen them pretty frequently for like three to five. And transferware, ten to fifteen dollars. Everyone loves transferware, especially Flow Blue, with more for unusual transferware colors like Mulberry, which is my personal favorite. Although there is a shade of aqua that I've become very fond of. And if you can find a complete set, or even an incomplete set, if you can find a set of more than two, that is get money territory. For whatever reason, they almost never got kept together. I don't really understand it because plate sets tend to, but the butter pats, like, I guess everyone just said, fuck it, we're, we're just not balling with butter anymore. Is it just because they're so small, so it's harder to keep them together? Or is it because being doll plate size, they were so often separated from the rest of the dinner set to play with? Those are both very good suggestions, I could not say. Uh, I think that sounds very likely. You couldn't say because the Butterpat Society has sworn you to secrecy? The Butterpat Society, here's the thing, they they are in my room and they have a gun to my head. Okay. Well, I mean, I knew that, otherwise we wouldn't be covering this topic, but... I mean, it's a delicious buttery gun. And of course, uh, some of the best money you can get are for those advertisement or transportation-related Butterpats. I know I certainly would pay you a good bit of money for anything with a train printed on it. And as you may have guessed, uh, yes, I am extremely enthusiastic about butter pats. You know, I had picked up on that, yeah. <laughs> I had an inkling. Yeah, these are, to me, like a really excellent entry-level sort of antique. They've got all of those good bits. They are, I would say, extremely affordable. Even your high end is going to be, like, barely a dent in your wallet. There are plenty of them so that they are relatively easy to find. There is an enormous variety so that you can either have a beautiful wide collection or really winnow down to a specific aspect you like. And frankly, I think that they are useful. It is a fun way to feed your pets. I also have some scattered around as, like, little catch-alls for when I just take my jewelry off impulsively, or put my earbuds down, or, like, misplace, like, a handful of peanuts. If you have, like, ADHD, I can't recommend enough a lot of little pretty catch-all plates. How often are you just carrying around a loose handful of peanuts? More often than you would assume. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Nuts are a great, healthy snack. <laughs> And I enjoy them a lot. Right, but usually if I have a handful of nuts in my hand, it is seconds away from reaching my mouth. There's not <laughs> usually a lot of me wandering around the apartment, just kind of carrying them about, giving them a little journey. Well, it's because I, well, I, I see the can while I'm doing something else, and I wiggle my little fingers, and I say, don't mind if I do. And I get myself a little fistful of peanuts, and it's not peanut time, but I do want myself a little fistful, but I am doing something else. You've never been in that situation? Can't say as I have, no. But, like, listen, we both have small apartments. Encountering your can of peanuts is, like, an inevitability. If I go into the kitchen, yeah, I guess. 
hands? Yeah, and you don't wiggle your little fingers and say, oh, don't mind if I do. And then have a little palm full of peanuts, and then you go back to your room and you're like, oh, fuck, I have to write an email, and you have to put them down in one of your butter fat dishes. If they're in my hand, the best place to store them is in my mouth. <laughs> it's a joking hazard. They dude. just go into my mouth, and then I chew while I write the email. Like, <laughs> well... Well, how does it feel to be perfect, Ken? How does it feel to be so perfect? Mr. I eat my peanuts in a timely manner. Well, for those of us living in the real world, we have butter pads set up strategically around our apartments. Yeah, you're right. Your butter pads make you so much more down to earth than me. Yeah, yeah, peanuts are literally the closest thing to the earth. Yeah, truly the people's butter pad, if you're thinking about it. (laughs) That's... Okay. Okay. <laughs> My peanut-related foibles aside, you don't use catch-all dishes? Not for peanuts, no! So, so, your, so your problem is specifically with my traveling nut addiction. My problem is specifically with the loose handful of peanuts you are apparently ferrying mindlessly room to room in your apartment, yes. Yeah, well, like, listen, on my desk right now where I don't have a catch-all dish, there is, like, a single freeze-dried strawberry that I didn't eat. Why didn't you eat it? (laughs) How much better would it be if I had a catch-all dish to catch my little- Why didn't you eat it? I just- I saw it. I saw the bag. I don't know how many times I have to explain this? I saw the bag and I was like, mmm, a little snack for me. And I sat down and I was like, you're recording. That doesn't explain why you didn't eat it. And so I, and so I put it down and I didn't have my crunchy little treat. That explains nothing. What I'm getting is you're just like way less impulsive about food than I am. That explains absolutely nothing. You, de- you never grab like a, like a cookie and you're like, mmm, and then you have to do something and you're like, I'll save you for later, my little friend yes and then the cookie goes into my mouth and i chew while i do the thing no i can't i can't because i'm on mic with you and you don't want to hear me eat a freeze god gave me a pocket specifically for food you don't i guarantee you don't want my like asmr like mukbang eating a bunch of freeze-dried fruit into the mic how long does it take you to chew i want to savor it we've been talking for (laughs) half an hour i want to fucking savor the food (laughs) <laughs> I 100% thought this would be more relatable to you. No! I, 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 like, I gotta own that I was wrong about that. I love catch-all plates. Are you just a living human subway for peanuts? Write in at Podcast at gmail.com. I eat them eventually. If you forego every other responsibility to ferry around a handful <laughs> of peanuts from room to room in your house on a regular basis. Excuse me. The way the peanuts get into my fist is because I am attending to my other responsibilities. It's because I want a little handful of peanuts, but then I have to wash the dishes. So the peanuts must wait. So put them... In your mouth, which is not occupied while you wash dishes. No, eating the peanuts is my little treat. I'm not going to just put a mouthful in my in my gob like a hamster and chow down. How much bigger is your palm than your mouth? I put a half a dish. <laughs> I made this clear. <laughs> I don't have to do that. None of this adds up. <laughs> I leave my options on the matter open. I'm just saying, it's very close-minded of you to say it either goes in the mouth or back in the bag, you know? <laughs> it's not! That's the two places they belong! Right, right into <laughs> antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com Let me know if you also take your snacks for a little ride. <laughs> because you wanted, a, you wanted a little snifter of them. I know I can't be alone. <laughs> oh!
Oh my god. It can't just be me, please. Yeah, I think it can catch up, please. Great. With jewelry, perhaps? Honestly surprised you're not eating that as well, knowing how you test jewelry. <laughs> Shut the- I don't wear pearls, thank you kindly. Wow. What, what, wow, I'm not, like, I'm not- <laughs> I didn't know I was so popular that, like, this was, like, a denouncement of pearls. Like, oh, well, geez, he doesn't wear them, but I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> Are you too busy eating them? Is that the problem? It's like a candy necklace for you? Yes. I love the crunch. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> you crave that mineral? I crave that mineral. That's butter bats. Wow. What a journey we've gone on this day. And now they've revealed what is apparently my deepest sin. I don't know that it's a sin. I think it's too incomprehensible to be a sin. Incomprehensible, he says. Yeah. I'm sorry, could you back that up? Yeah. I don't know that it's incomprehensible. Why would you not just put them in your mouth? You understand what it is to savor, right? I don't savor impulsively. That's the difference between you and I. The only one. There's only one. (laughs) That's only ever been one. Sources for today include my lived experience. Dot com. <laughs> dot com. Journal of Antiques. Dot com. The Antiques Peak of September 2017. Kayla Price. Com. Pat's Pads, Chips, and Butters. All about the butter pat plate. Skylarkhouse. Dot com. Collecting butter pats. And Pentacrest Museums serving butter pats. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you think it's totally normal to take a fistful of cashews for a little ride, feel free to scroll on down wherever you're listening to this podcast and leaving us a five-star review. Five stars, completely normal. I do it all the time. Thank you for agreeing, D. you might say. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Antiques Freaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victorian Petty Dreadful Varney the Vampire, The Feast of Blood. Special thanks to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.